Hello everybody and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. It is the first episode of 2020 and we could not be more excited to be here because we're talking about some good times here. The Toronto Rock winning on Saturday night and whatnot. So, I will now welcome in Colin Doyle. I am Mike Hancock along with Colin, Colin Doyle here bringing you Toronto Rock Total Access again for uh, another week. We apologize that we weren't able to uh, gather things last week and get an episode going, but I think everybody in the province of Ontario has been sick here at one time or another in the last few weeks, and uh, yeah, well, we've all had a little piece of it now, eh, Colin? That's right. Welcome yeah. to the next decade. Good to be back. <laughs> I certainly couldn't have done this last week. I was worse for the wear, so uh, good you. to be back. Good to see the Rock sitting at three and one, and uh, good to put most of the bye weeks behind us, albeit we have one coming in a couple yeah. of weeks, but hopefully from there on in we get to... We get to be a bit more consistent uh, with the goings-on of the Rock. It yeah. just seems that the schedule has not been so favorable, um, aside from the point that, you know, Jones is down and the team gets lost of time to get him back. Other than that, it's yeah. – I imagine as a player, and we'll probably talk to Zach about it, but uh, I imagine as a player it's kind of not the start you want. You want to yeah. get into it and you want to get after it. And I feel like this schedule, I mean, as a fan, it's been hard enough to follow. Yeah. Uh, but as a player, I can only imagine it's been it's been a grind. So – uh, here's to hoping after the Bandits this week, and one more week off, we get right after it for the next uh, foreseeable future. And as you heard Colin uh, tip everybody off there, Zach Manns will be our guest on the uh, podcast here today, so we'll talk to him. It'll be interesting, actually, to get his spin on that, just because he's never been through an NLL season at all yet, and this is all he's known so far, so... Yeah, maybe he's the wrong guy to ask. Is that what you're maybe, saying? Well, I'm just saying maybe, <laughs> maybe he just might not have much of a spin on it just yet. Yeah, but I, I would I, think he'd want to get playing because I think to see the emotion that he's shown in games and I just think even him being around here, just how the youthful energy, I think, that he has brought to everything sure. has been pretty neat to watch too, I think. And you saw that in some of his celebrations on Saturday night, I think, too. Yeah, when you're young like that, I imagine a week off seems more like three. Yeah. So, you know, to some of the older guys, it's probably a blessing. But <laughs> yeah, I would imagine his take would be, I wish we could play every other day because he can. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to hear his take. But I know from a fan's perspective, from my perspective anyway, it's been it's been a challenge. And then with the holidays in there and, again, with everybody getting sick, it just yeah. seems to be, you know, they're three and one. Um you know they've they've done some good things, they've done some bad things, but they're three and one, and I feel I feel like we've barely even talked about it just because it feels like we haven't got into our groove yet. So yeah, everything's been so disjointed, and uh, of course a game against the Bandits will usually get everybody a little bit fired up, and that's coming up this weekend. But first, let's take a look back at this past uh, weekend's game. They win over the Rochester Nighthawks. The Rock have beaten the Nighthawks two straight games their last two games one in rochester back on december the 28th which we didn't even have a chance to talk about either uh and then this one uh this past saturday night january the 11th and uh it was uh it was a bit of a it was an exciting game i think for the fans i think you know a ton of positive feedback on social media about uh everything uh throughout the whole day and and the game itself and uh I don't know if that first half necessarily went uh, according to plan other than the fact that they definitely generated a ton of chances and probably on a lot of nights might have walked out of that first half with 10 to 15 goals. But Craig Wendy was unbelievable in the Rochester goal, I think, for for most of the night and made some saves that... uh, probably a lot of other goalies in the NLL don't make. Uh, A lot of... I don't think Craig's style is similar to a lot of other guys in the league and uh, he made a ton of saves in that game and and I think kept his team in it and allowed them to have the lead really for the first half of the game and kept Toronto kind of at an arm's length all the time when they were answering back nobody neither team really got any kind of a run really in in the game in general but in the first half especially and I think uh, it was just a case of the rock uh, generated those chances and kind of took what they could get until the second half when I I felt like anyways the game kind of turned around a little bit in terms of the ball started dropping especially yeah I mean we'll start with uh, Wendy he was spectacular kind of reminds us back to the Dallas Elliott days Um, really acrobatic athletic and all those other things it's a crying shame all of us you know would have loved to have seen Fryer but he walks out of there with a thousand save percentage went in and stopped uh, <laughs> stopped a shot there where they're giving Wendy a breather but he was great so tip your cap there and ultimately 
you know, from where I was sitting, that was the only difference in the game. I mean, I felt like other than the first 12 or 14 minutes where Rochester might have had to play, from there on out, uh, aside from a goalie that was completely out of this world, this was the Rocks game. Um, offensively, I felt like it was the best the best I've seen them play. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit more when we break it down, but I thought um, from a fan's perspective, uh, you know, leaving the home opener, everybody knew how disappointed I was, but I felt like this was the exact opposite. An exciting game to watch. Um, fans were into it. Players seemed into it. Um, a lot of second effort, a lot of emotion, a lot of energy, and, uh, you know, ultimately we were rewarded the way we should be for paying to go see this game played. So from a from a fan's perspective, I was real happy. I was still a little under the weather, so I wasn't feeling the greatest, but it was uh, it was a far more exciting game. And like I said, uh, I the, the, the better team won at the end of the day, and that's just the way it was. And so many little things we're going to talk about here as we break this thing down, but um, – the rock, the rock offense was what jumped off the page to me. I thought this this was a real good outing. Now, <clears throat> Craig Wendy is is kind of uh, an unknown commodity, we'll say, in this league for the most part. A how, lot of, how old is he, by the way? Uh, I want to say he is late 20s, I want to say. Uh, we'll just look that up real quick while we're on the fly. Uh, but some guys would have played against him in senior B and, and maybe a little bit in junior. Yeah, he's 28 years old. So, um a bit of a late bloomer, we'll say. And expansion, I think, has obviously given him the opportunity to play. I mean, even you look at Rochester's roster, they have three goalies on their active roster. So the fact that, you know, the uh, the roulette wheel here has landed on Craig Wendy, I think, is is a little bit lucky, too, in terms of just him getting this break with expansion. Three goalies there. You've got Ryland Hartley sitting there as the up-and-coming, you know, former junior A MVP uh, Steve Fryer, a guy who's a backup that's proven that he can give you a game or two here and there. Can we call him a journeyman? He has, yeah, I think, become right, a journeyman. Good. But a guy that, you know, you land in, you know, expansion, you're like, okay, Fryer's probably finally got his chance to start here in this league. And then Wendy kind of comes out of nowhere. He's spent some time on the Swarms practice roster with Georgia and um, ends up signing in Rochester and, and gets a chance here. So, um, a little bit surprising even that, that he's been their guy so far, you know, given the either. Are you going with the young guy with Hartley? Are you going with the backup that, you know, maybe finally getting his chance with Fryer? Or you go with the really the totally unknown in Craig Wendy? And so far, I mean, it hasn't paid off in terms of victories for Rochester. who's still yet to win a game. But they certainly seem to have found something here between the pipes right now. But my main question I wanted to get to you with was, you know, being that Wendy is unknown, I think, to a lot of guys, like, will this be a matter of, you know, after a few games and some more film and whatnot, is it a matter of, you know, teams will start having more success against him? Or is is this Craig Wendy, do you think he's the real deal here? Well, I can't speak to that. I don't know enough about him to speak to it. But I can tell you this. Damon Edwards proved it, you know, as the game you know, at the end of the game there with the winner. I mean, one good hard fake and he is going to jump six feet in one direction and leave the entire side, yep. other side of the net open. So I feel like it took the rock shooters a while to figure that out. Yeah. But, you know, Damon showed, you know, so things, something like as a shooter, something like that, obviously he bites so hard on the, he's so aggressive and so athletic that that's what he is. Um, you know, usually athletic goals like that are going to have some really, really amazing nights and then some really, really off nights. And I yeah. expect to see the same with him. And then with his inexperience and everything else and the inexperience playing in front of him, you cannot throw 67 shots a night at somebody and expect them to play like that. Yeah. You know, he could have made, they could have scored eight more goals and you'd still walk away saying this kid played really well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. at the end of the day, we could have hung 21 goals. So I don't know. I think uh, like everything in this league, everything comes back down to earth. So yeah, uh, I think he'll have some tough nights, but he'll make some amazing saves along the way. And I think by the end of this year, Rochester will have probably been through all three of these guys to find out which is their best. But um, like you said, they seem to have found something here early, and I could be way off, but it's pretty rare for somebody to step into the NLL, especially with a foreign style like that, and come in and just uh, take the league by storm. So I suspect with an experienced defense in front of him, he's going to have a lot of nights with a lot of shots, and some of those nights aren't going to go as planned. So I would say it'll be a while before we know what that is. Now looking uh, closer at the rock side of the ball, where do you want to start? On the offensive side, the defensive let's go, side? Let's go. Let's start with what, what I felt was best, and that was the offense. Um, you know, there's so many little things to talk about. You and I talked off air briefly. You look at a guy like Johnny Palace, didn't really produce points, but I left the rink thinking, man, this kid had a really good game. 
he was doing all the things you're supposed to in offense, moving without the ball, some incredible feeds, had his chances, just mm-hmm. didn't cash. Um, you got Zach Mans, who had the natural hat trick there to kind of put the the rock ahead for good. Uh, you know, great goals. But all game long, he had some mojo about him. He was playing with the ball confidently. He was moving his feet. Rob Hellier, I thought, had another outstanding game. I thought Tom Schreiber was fantastic. And, you know, again, this, he doesn't, you know, he didn't litter the stat sheet. But I look at something like that loose ball he comes with at the end of the game to, to repossess under a minute to go. I think those kinds of plays he's making. He's moving without the ball. He's moving bodies. And, you know, as a whole, I don't think they produced this many opportunities in some time and not just cheesy outside shots. They were really getting to the good spots to score. I felt like they were physical. They were fast. They were aggressive. They were challenging their defenders. And and it felt like by the end of the game, Rochester literally threw five guys out there and just said, stand in a circle within that dotted line and (laughs) and hope that they don't score because there was no other answer for as fast and aggressive as our offense was – um, so to me, that was the best. If we were giving away stars, I'd give it away to our offense. Um, I thought Nick was great. I yeah. mean, yeah, he'd like to have maybe one or two back, but I thought some timely saves is what you want from a goalie. You know, we can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't say one week, well, we want timely saves, and then the next week come back and say we want quantity of saves. So yeah. he made saves when we needed them. Uh, he didn't let them kind of spread that lead out when they could have, especially at the start of the the uh, third quarter felt like he made some saves, gave, gave our offense a chance to finally cash some of these in um, because he did have to kind of weather the storm while Wendy was was out of his world. So I thought Nick was really good, and then that save, obviously that quick stick save at the end of the game was yeah. was one that everybody will remember. But I thought he, you know, a bit of a boneheaded play there, throwing the ball away uh, at the end of the game. But <laughs> it, it happens, and he'll be the first to tell you he just got a bit anxious. So um, those two things were great. You know, defensively – it's just – I'll stop you there for one second. It's just funny because, you know, being around here and seeing Nick every day at the office here at the Toronto Rock Athletic Centre, it's just funny how sometimes some conversations in the week spill over to what you see in the game. And we had been talking so much in the last week about goalies scoring goals in the NLL and in, in hockey and goal. So you're to blame. <laughs> so when he so when he picked that up, I was, the first time, I just thought, oh, boy, oh, boy, here we go. And I'm just like, Maddie Sawyer, Rockhead coach, is probably getting ready to jump over the boards and grab a hold of Rosie. So he tells he, he tells me off air it was just a mix up and he got a little a little cluttered in his brain and he made a mistake but I guess according to you he's trying to pad his stats. Just, well it, we were talking about it somebody like it came up even last week when uh, we were taping the piece for uh, CHCH that ran this uh, I guess well a week ago Monday now but um, talking about goals and Zach Mann's actually our guest here uh, later on the podcast, he was downstairs in the dressing room talking about, like, oh, you know, well, how many goals have you scored in the NLL, Rosie? And, like, talking about how <laughs> each one was scored and which one. And, oh, that one against Buffalo, that was the sweetest, the first one. And just how it was kind of, like, it was talked about, right? So it's even though it's not, I know, like, you know me with my storylines, but that subconscious that I just felt like, oh, oh, my God, here it is. It's happening. He's he's picking it up. He's going for another one. We were just talking about this. And so it was just funny that way. Well, they're not going to let you near the players any no. longer in the week, I guess. <laughs> Plant a lot of bad seeds yeah. anyway he was good and yeah like okay he tried to score because uh, hammer told him to but no that's not all right i well, felt like no, oh did i not take that away properly <laughs> no no he was great um power play was a bit concerning again they didn't get an abundance of chances and i thought that the you know they really really bundled that five on three they had i thought we had them dead to yeah. rights they take uh, evans takes the bad penalty at the end of the third quarter we get a chance at the end of the third. Then we start the fourth with a five-on-three. Cree takes a horrible penalty. We completely give momentum back. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, you're going to look back at this if they don't get this win. This is where this game was lost. So power play to me was a little concerning, but there wasn't a lot of uh, body work to really pick from. I just feel like a five-on-three in this league has got to be cash, you know, no matter what. So we screwed that up somehow or another. It's not all to blame on the power play because ultimately we did lose the draw. We did take a holding penalty and all those other things. But defensively is where I, you know, if I had to question one thing, this is, you know, if I'm being analytical, I sat up there and I wondered why, you know, if you look at their offense and their makeup, speed and athleticism is not top on this chart at all. Okay. Probably slower feet, smaller size. And if you look at our defense and what's supposed to be the calling card of our defense is big, fast, athletic. And I felt like we went back and we fell into a quasi zone every time and let them dictate with far 
less athletic players. And we let Sean Evans get into his office, take the ball comfortably, and attack. And he attacked, and he made things happen. And I don't understand for the life of me why we wouldn't have applied a bit more pressure to take the game to them. And I don't know what that looks like exactly, but I know that doing the same thing every time and letting them dictate pace, letting Katoni come off an offside seal with time and space is beyond me because I think we have the players to not allow him time or space. Same goes for 15 on the other side of the floor with Evans. I don't know why he's allowed time and space with the ball or without it. So I just felt like five on five defensively, I felt like we didn't didn't push things the way I I would have liked to have seen it. I would have liked to have seen our – Size and speed dictate what they were going to do. And if they're going to beat you, they're going to beat you at your game. Not sit there and watch them play their game and get some momentum and some good looks. And you got to tip your cap to their their group offensively because they were really non-existent in Rochester the, the week before. And I felt like, you know, because Evans was rolling the way he was and like he's not going to be able to do that every night. He's getting on in age. But this was one, obviously, they wanted. They put their best foot forward. And, you know, they got good – they got a good game from everybody. Katoni was un- unbelievable shooting the ball, but it all started with kind of letting Evans get into his office and into that groove. And I, you know, that I won't say concerns me, but I felt like, you know, against certain teams, maybe a different game plan looks a bit better. So defensively, I felt like we let them take the game to us a little bit. And I, you know, they shouldn't have that many good looks. I don't think, uh, and it's no knock on them. I just don't think their foot speed or their size matches ours. And I felt like we should have dictated. The but pace. do you think sometimes in that situation that, <clears throat> you know, you always hear the old adage of, you know, sometimes you um, play down, not I play down to your opponents is not necessarily the right or the, the best thing to say in this situation necessarily. But sometimes uh, like you're talking about perhaps slower, less a- athletic offense could lead to, players developing bad habits as the game progresses it was right from the start okay we were on our heels i just felt like yeah. i mean if you're watching the game and like i said i don't think it takes a you know 19 year and a little vet to figure i just felt like we were playing on our heels yeah letting them come at us whereas you know you know in a game like this where you know i think there's a mismatch back yeah. there i think you got to take the game to them and say look if you're going to beat us you're going to have to get around us with some speed or you're going to have to do something yeah. out of your comfort zone to beat us. And we're not going to just let you settle into what you want to do. And uh, that was the one thing that I didn't love, uh, if I'm being critical, because I felt like we just gave them far too many. They did a good job running the ball, and they got some looks in other ways. So they did a lot of things to score goals. But did goals. you think later in the game, or especially I think when it mattered most, that the defense kind of did step up and do their job? Because I thought there was a, a few 30s that got burned late in the game yeah. in key situations too, where I think – the D did step up, and I think Rosie. I mean, even Rosie's game. How we talk about he was good. He was he was best when it was most important. Like you talked about the timely saves, and 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 sometimes I feel like going into the, these games against Rochester, and I even go back to preseason when you had a fourteen fourteen game here. It's it's almost like this team, this Rochester goal team, I think is going to find ways to score some goals because they've got some talented offensive guys, and it's almost like just stay one ahead of them. And they're never like you're never going to be in a situation I think where you're going to be caught on your heels on the scoreboard against this team if that makes any sense that well, well, you're the, always going to be within arm's length and it's always it, it kind of feels like going in because they're an expansion team and and I think they're you know they've improved a lot even since uh, we saw them in preseason here obviously but um, you're always going to be kind of be able to find that gear against this team right now. Well, I don't think that's, that's a sign of a championship team. I think you go Fair. out there and you dictate it right from the start. Yeah. And you say, this is this is how it's going to be. It's going to be on our terms, not, yeah. well, this is going to stay close because you're an expansion team. We expect to beat you. I just, that if that was the case, then the mentality's <clears throat> off to me. Like, yeah. uh, And this isn't going to be the only time this year where a team comes in that's, you know, less, less athletic or smaller or whatever yeah. the advantage or disadvantage might be. I just feel like, you know, is this how we're going to play defense all the time? Yeah. This is just it. Like to me, it's like okay, well, there's going to be nights where we can do something different, and we're going to have to do something different to to change gears, change pace, mm-hmm. to do something. And I felt like this was a great opportunity because you can see probably handpicked five shifts where we extended our pressure. I can tell you, four to the five or five out of the six, the ball ended up on the ground and in transition for us. Yeah. And I guess I wonder why aren't we doing more of that? That's all. And like I said, I don't think they played poorly. Yeah. I just felt like, you know, this is – how's Rochester going to beat you? You know, they're going to have to get some good ball movement going. They're going to have to get the, – they're going to have to 
get that ball to Katoni to in that spot where he <laughs> likes to shoot it from, and yeah. or Evans is going to have to get to the net or catch one in on a on a on a reverse transition where you've missed on your two on one, and he's still yeah. all those things you know are coming. Why not intervene and try to change it and say, look, he, you know, Evans, we're going to match up one on one. We're not going to let you get the ball. Yeah. What are you going to do now? You know, who's going to take the ball for this team now? And if it's not Rochester, it's the rush or it's, you know, Thompson. Yeah. Or it's, and we'll go, everybody has a way of playing the game. I just, at some point, I wonder if we're going to become that championship team, are we going to intervene and say, look, you're going to do things our way. If you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us, but you're going to have to beat us differently. Yeah. You know, this isn't going to be same old, same old. That's all. That's all I I would be. Okay. And I just saw the perfect opportunity with the matchup this week. And I felt like we did it a lot down in Rochester the weekend. I was before. just going to say that to build a twelve-five lead on that team, and then it kind of felt like there was that. And that's fine when that happens. Yeah, like you're playing with a twelve-five lead, your mojo, your energy, all those things change naturally. Yep. That I'm okay with, but I felt like right from the start, this game they were in it, and that wasn't yeah. the case this game. Uh, down in Rochester, I felt like, yeah, we jumped on them early, maybe because it's a smaller rank, but we were picking players up at center. We were forcing the issue. It was turnover city. They weren't generating good looks. And before you know it, we had a 12-5 lead. Then you take your foot off the pedal. They get some garbage ones. The yeah. game looks closer than it was. Yep. That I can live with. I just felt like that wasn't the, the game plan here tonight. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but like I said, you to be a championship contender, I think defensively you can't just let their offense dictate terms. You know, at – at some point, you got to step in and say, we believe we're better than you. We're yeah. stronger than you. We're more physical than you. And we're going to make you play different tonight. And that could be the difference in a semifinal game. You catch somebody off guard, whatever the, the situation may be. I just, I'd, like, I'd be curious to see if this team can do more things defensively than what we're seeing. Okay. All right. Well, uh, on that note, we will take a uh, – oh, oh, one other thing. Sorry. I had a longtime listener um, – <laughs> had spoken to me off air How and long is that? Uh, curious as to feels like whoever's doing the keys to the games which i believe is you right <laughs> oh, come on he Listen, feels like these have kind of been mailed in listener. this is the long-term in listener the, in the vicinity he of... believes that you have kind of mailed in no you know what happened and, it was it was you're talking about the what was it the out, in, in rochester score yep. out goaltend out that's the, right a little bit of a survivor spin on that by the way but um yeah, I just wanted to mix things up because you know what? Like as much as we talk about the keys to victory, and a lot of times they're the same thing. What get rid of keys to the game then? Well, no, the tools for success. Tools for brought success. to you by Backley Construction. There you go. Uh, is a great little piece, and it gets some decent fan engagement sometimes. You know, here and there, and some weeks more than others. But I this is engaged the fan <laughs> exactly. So what's the problem? That's what I said was when this came up in the office, like I think late last week. There was a few people were kind of saying, "Hey, well, what was up with this?" And I, I said, "Listen, you guys are all going nuts about it. What? Like, I haven't heard you guys talk about the keys." So the is game this is this your new approach? You're going to try a comedic uh, approach it's to these to comedic. get people talking? I just wanted something different. Kind of like an anchorman approach, like uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. state the obvious, be silly about it, see if we can get people talking. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, out out work, out out score, and out goal. I know the third one was out goaltend. <laughs> And you you can't see their argument. <laughs> no, it's not that. But I'm just saying, there's it's just different. It's okay. I didn't take issue with it. I well, from where good. I was Thank sitting. Thank you, Colin. From it where really I was sitting, sounds like you had my yes, back. Yes, it, it, no, I did not have your back <laughs> no, because I, it did look mailed in. It looked like the you know maybe you're already on holidays or whatever it might be. But either way, now we've we've brought it up here publicly. I think. Uh, no, that's great. I think you I'm can, glad you, you brought it you up. You can roll with something yeah. here and maybe see see who's watching these every week. Let's see if we can get some feedback. See if you can slip something yeah. in there that maybe yeah. some of our listeners might recognize. I don't know. Mike? Speaking of feedback, mm-hmm. later in the show, stick around for a little Toronto Rock Total Access mailbag. There you go. As we've uh, got some viewer mail to deal with. I like it. A piece of viewer mail. but uh, Or listener mail, I guess, not viewer mail. But, uh, well, one email, five questions. So... Yeah, you know, some, we could. Yeah, yeah we That's could like say. That's like a whole segment on its own now. Yeah, we'll have to come back on Thursday. <laughs> All right. Speaking of coming back, we will uh, take a short pause here, and when we come back, we will have Toronto Rock star rookie with us in studio, Zach Manns, and get to learn a little bit more about uh, just who he is. More Toronto Rock total access in a moment.
Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock along with Colin Doyle. We're now joined uh, in studio in our makeshift studio this week in the boss's office by Zach Manns. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. Uh, glad we can uh, have a chance to chat with you and get to know you a little bit. And uh, b- before we get too far into that, let's talk about this past week's game and, mm-hmm. and just... Uh, you know, obviously it was, you know, stats-wise, your best game in the NLL here so far. Mm-hmm. Scored three goals. You were fired up. Uh, just maybe take us through the night for you and, and kind of how you felt. Uh, you sure, certainly showed a lot of emotion as you were <laughs> as the goals were piling up and the confidence seemed to be building and your shooting as well. But, uh, yeah, just take us through the night and how you felt Saturday. Uh, you know, going into it, I felt confident as ever. You know, our coaches have all the confidence in me in the world that, tell me to be as aggressive as I can so I just went into that game with an aggressive mindset trying to get to the net early and you know I got a lot of good looks to start the game which was good it felt good I was getting to the net pretty easily and finally in the second half when those shots started to go in it felt really good that's good I mean I I know the fans seem to I think kind of be warming up to you as well and seeing you have those results uh, obviously has got to be giving you some confidence too but maybe talk a little bit about some of the guys around you you got some great veterans uh that you're playing with here it seems like you and dan dawson have struck up a little bit of a friendship relationship as well maybe talk a little bit about that and how that's kind of come to be yeah it's been kind of a crazy experience coming into this year (laughs) playing with all these guys like they're some of the greatest lacrosse players in the world so it's pretty humbling being with them every day but yeah dan certainly a special one i grew up in victoria watching him going to camps that he was hosting like yeah. he was pretty much my lacrosse idol like my favorite player growing up so coming into this getting drafted by Toronto finally got to realize I had the chance to play with him so that was pretty exciting going into it has he influenced your decision at all to go with the full white tights you know what yeah he, he a looks little bit? Like, yeah a little bit yeah so usually right. I like to wear the uh the three quarters but yeah. you know I see Dan rocking the full length and he looks pretty fast out yeah. there so I was just trying to get like him that's a poor choice, Zach. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not a fan of the tights? Not a fan whatsoever. No. No. But totally hey, never wore tights. Hey, I didn't score a hat trick last game, so you do you, right? <laughs> um, three goals, I think natural hat trick. Put the game, uh, felt like it put the rock ahead. Post game party, anybody buy you beers for that? Fans? No, actually, uh, unfortunately, we had a short night me and adam J, because we were coming to coach now i don't believe you. you 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 are you trying to butter me up because you had an early night saturday so you get to camp on sunday i'm not trying to butter you up this wow, is just I, like that. I like that yeah, we were i like that responsible oh good i'm happy to hear that that's well answered uh as your boss <laughs> um i felt like from the start of the game you had a lot more confidence carrying the ball um, like you said, you seem to have the green light to be more aggressive. And I felt like you probably should have had a couple earlier too. And you said you had some great chances and uh, really not a deterrent for you to carry the ball whatsoever. And I think one of the biggest things moving into the bigs is finding somebody who can carry the ball comfortably. And you're not having a hard time with that. You felt like, Do you feel like you've gotten better in the first four games or do you feel like that's what you do best? Yeah, I feel like I definitely do best with the ball on my stick coming from this past summer. Like it was, I pretty much had the ball a majority of the time, so I definitely do feel confident with the ball on my stick. But um, I also, I feel like the biggest part of this adjustment has been trying to play off the ball. Sure, is the biggest thing because coming past, like I said, this past summer, I always had the ball on my stick, so that was something I hadn't really got a chance to work on playing off ball. But that's. I think the biggest adjustment going into this. Yeah, people under-evaluate or underestimate how hard of an adjustment that is. I mean, some people, some of the people that thrive in the NLL in the early parts of their career are those players that were depth players that played without the ball their whole life, and then they come into a five-on-five set, and they're still the fourth or fifth option, and it's natural to them. It's harder for somebody to come up who's who's used to being a primary offensive producer and then be told, well, you can't carry the ball. So obviously the coaches have done a nice job making you comfortable with that and your early successes has treated you well um is playing without the ball something you can work at oh yeah definitely definitely and, like i i always had a hard time with it like i couldn't and i was never really asked to do a bunch of it but i you know consciously tried to become a better off ball player but i found it really difficult um has that adjustment been hard for you or do you is this so easy because the players you're playing with are so good and whenever they have the ball all you're doing is just staying hot like what do you do like honestly what do you tell yourself because I found myself standing around a lot when I didn't have the ball yeah so when I first came here I was having a little bit of a struggle getting adjusted to things just because I hadn't played with guys who had this sort of vision like 
I'm playing on the opposite side of Tom Shriver, like probably the most unreal passer I've ever seen. And he was throwing me passes to where I didn't even know I was open. So that was a little bit of a struggle getting adjusted to it. I remember I think our second practice, I was cutting backside and Tom threw a no look Tommy twist pass right to my stick. I didn't catch it. <laughs> Maddie looked over at me and he was like, he's pretty good, hey? So. Now, you know, I, I would have definitely yelled at you if you didn't catch it when I was playing. And we can have players that probably – was Tommy good with you? Hey, man, no big deal. Get it oh, next time. They're, yeah, they're all the best. They're super easy going. And I feel like uh, kind of on this point, I feel like this may be a situation here with Zach, kind of what we're seeing, the progression of the other lefty playing over there. And I feel like maybe Dan Craig has kind of tradition or uh, transitioned into more of a dynamic offensive player because he's kind of probably used to having the ball on his stick as well, and he's been forced to kind of do the same thing. And I feel like this year we've seen a different Dan Craig, somebody that we're all hoping sticks around. He's been a big part of that offense. So I feel like people don't, really truly understand this we've talked about it on the podcast before but people don't understand there is only one ball and you know if you have a dominant offensive player it's really hard to find your way on an offense and I feel like you've done a nice job into that early and I think Dan's hopefully found his way and you know even Robbie to a certain extent with having Tommy around now Dan around has had to learn how to play without it Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a difficult dynamic for sure um I'll let Mike ask a question, then I'll get back to it. <clears throat> no, I just want to kind of get to know uh, a little bit more about Zach Mans. And one thing, uh, you know, we talked about, you've already said, you know, everybody's been so great with you here so far and everything. But, you know, you've you picked up and moved from B.C. here to Ontario. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're having the opportunity, though, to live with guys like Rosie Challen, Cree, Adam J. You mentioned uh, a little bit here already in this mm-hmm. interview. But how much do you think that that has helped you just in your life transition, having the chance to just live with all these guys uh, on the team? Yeah, you know, I was a little bit timid going into it, just being the youngest guy pretty much coming over. So I was a little bit nervous just not knowing anyone other than Adam. And I know I knew Adam was going to be good, but, you know, you never know with guys that you've never met. So I was a little bit timid going into it. But literally the first night I got there, I knew that these guys were going to be good and they were going to make me feel at home. So, yeah. Speaking of home, you know, where you guys live, how are you finding that? Over there at the house. How are you finding it? I'm really liking it. I Do mean, they have jobs for you because you are the rookie, or how does that work? <laughs> no, actually, they don't really pick on me at all. Really? They let right? me get off pretty easy, actually. Wow. That might change after I hear this. <laughs> yeah, but. Getting all this airtime and then yes. telling them they haven't been doing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, you knew Adam from home? Yeah. Yeah, uh, He's Victoria kid, too, mm-hmm. or is he an Nanaimo kid? Uh, he's from Victoria, so we live, like, 15 minutes away from each and other back home how much older is he than you he's a 95 three years older than i am so you played some junior with him um i did play a couple games against them just when i was getting called up but we've never really had a full like season against each other but we've played some games against each other for sure and you're quite young but i'm i'm interested it, are gary and paul gates the legends on the island do people in your generation know who they are or oh. is that kind of lost yeah oh, no they really known famous especially in victoria that's good to hear Mm -hmm. i'm happy to hear that we hope that never fades away Mm -hmm. i wanted to also talk about the draft a little bit going back to that and uh you know when you were selected by toronto and where you fell in the draft and whatnot uh there was probably a little bit more talk going in that you might go a little bit higher um you know as the picks were going on was there were you kind of starting to think what's going on here or where you were going to land and and then just what your reaction was when uh you were selected by the rock Yeah, you know, going into it, I heard a lot of different opinions from people who have a lot of knowledge on the topic, and I was hearing that maybe I could go in the first round as early as eighth overall to fall into the second round, so, you know, I knew it was going to be somewhere in there. I wasn't too stressed out about what team I was going to go to, just wanted to make the best out of the opportunity I had, and when I was selected by Toronto, I started to talk to a lot of people, and they said that they thought it was really going to be a great fit, and it's been great so far. Because if you do look at the uh, rookie scoring leaders right now, you are tied with the gentleman who was selected first overall in Tyson Gibson. Hmm. Well, there you have it. It's a two-horse fourth, race right yeah. now? Well, they're, he's in fourth. Q's, Q's a little bit ahead of everybody. He's about four or five points, I think, up on uh, on you. and uh, We saw another Gibson, high draft pick uh, the last two games um, out of uh, the West there, the um, Ryland Reese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that he was number two? Yeah. So, I mean, he... Uh, I guess, did you have much of a chance to play against him? Though? Yeah, so yeah. we, so not this past <laughs> summer, but the year before, my fourth year as a junior, he mm-hmm. was, he got traded to Coquitlam. So we played them in playoffs. Unfortunately, lost the series, but 
We had some good battles. Was, he's a good player, right? Yeah, he's a really good player. Um, have you represented Canada at any level? Like, have you you feel like you played where for field? Where did you play? Where did you go to school? Uh, I went to Drexel for two years. Right, mm-hmm. and, and never had the opportunity. Like, I don't follow your field career, so you'll have to humor all our listeners here. No. Uh, were you an attacker or a midi? I played uh, kind of like a two-way midi. Oh, yeah. nice. Well, and that should be something we should <clears throat> chat about, too, and kind of circling back to the draft and the fact that, you know, you were at Drexel, and then, uh, you know, you decided to, to make the pro game an option. Maybe take us through a little bit of that uh, decision-making. As yeah, well. so that was uh, definitely a different situation. So when I came home from school in January of 2018 I guess it would be yeah I uh I was actually my plan was to come home and play basketball at Camosun College in Victoria just a local school so that was my plan so I was working out with them in the summer and also playing with the junior a Shamrocks and after we made it this far to like to the Minto and to the Mm -hmm. Minto Cup finals I started to get a lot of exposure and I talked to quite a few people and they said that might be a good good idea to try my luck in the draft, so that's what I did and ended wow. up here. Look yeah. at you. What position do you play in basketball? Point guard. That would make the games extremely uneven around here, I imagine, because uh, <laughs> I've seen some of them play, and if you they throw you into the mix there, you got Challen and Dawson with their size down low. Who matches up with you out at the point? So the thing is, we haven't even played a single game of basketball what? since that's I've been That's disappointing. Really? Yeah, so I... I that's because they're dodging it. Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> that group is dodging it. Yeah, so I, I was seeing all these Instagram videos yeah, right, and these sure. guys playing, playing ton, getting yeah. after it. I was so excited to come here and play with them. And Can you dunk? Uh, I don't know about right now. When I'm in good basketball shape, I can dunk pretty easily, yeah. You wow. a shooter, or you you get to the lane, you drive and dish? What kind, what's your game look Definitely like? Definitely not a shooter. I'm, so when I was younger, I was not skilled at all. So I, there, I was more of like a D guy, so I'd bring the ball up and always guard the team's best player. That was like my biggest thing. But as I got to high school, my role on our, on our uh, team, they wanted me to score the ball, and I wasn't the greatest shooter, so I really – Got get by, get into the rack, get into the free, free throw line, yeah. Um, you sound like you're not a bad defender. If you're a good basketball defender and you play two-way <coughs> midi down in the States, you're obviously not a bad lacrosse defender. Did, is that true or am I off there? I think I can play some defense. So Did you play two ways at, in Victoria or did you yeah, win straight so, offense down the stretch? Or? So when I was – so in BC – when I was in junior, it was only three years, as you know, right. rather than playing five back here. So they just changed that rule last year. So when I went into my first year junior, I was playing with the Nanaimo, and I was playing offense there, but I only played six games just because right. I came back from school so late and we didn't make playoffs. So it was a quick season. But then the next year I was traded to Victoria, and our uh, our offense up there was really skilled, and they didn't really need me to produce points for them. So I was playing defense with them. So you had to do something you weren't overly comfortable doing. Imagine that. Anybody young listening to this, imagine that. To make the team, you might have to do something that you're not comfortable doing. That's that's a good lesson for these kids to learn, Mr. Mans. Um, I was going to say, sorry to jump in, but you were talking about how you came back home or had intentions of playing basketball. Mm -hmm. What's your number one sport? Is it basketball or is it lacrosse? I'd have to go with a tie, probably, between <laughs> box lacrosse and basketball, yeah. yeah. It's not the Toronto Raptors podcast we're on here. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite basketball team? I I like to root for the Raptors, yeah. I really like watching the Clippers, too, just because they're so skilled. I like watching Kawhi, too. Have you been to a Raptors game since you've been out here? Yeah, so my dad was here for our second preseason game like a month and a half ago, and we got out to a game. It was good, a really good game. Mike, I have a quick question for you. Did Vancouver have a draft pick between the first pick and when Zach was taken? I don't, I don't believe Vancouver did. Okay, we'll no. let them off the hook then. No. We'll let th- <laughs> was it a hope of yours at all to play local, or it didn't matter? Didn't matter. Good. Yeah, because it would have it been easy to take a shot at Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, I knew where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I digress. Um, well, listen, uh, I got to say congratulations. Hopefully things keep moving forward. And, you know, hopefully with Adam coming back, it only increases what this team can do offensively. But I know as a, a pundit or an expert, so to speak, felt like that was the best offensive game I've seen this group play and uh, just super aggressive, which I love seeing. So uh, here's to bigger and better things to come. Looking forward to having you back on the podcast. All right, Zach, thanks a lot, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do this again soon, buddy. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. All right, that was Zach Mans forward with the Toronto Rock. Three goals last weekend in the win over Rochester. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access. We'll be back to wrap it up after this.
Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle. We are here to wrap things up. And uh, great chat with Zach Manta. That was phenomenal. He's a great young kid. He's got so much just enthusiasm, I feel like. And I think it's uh, it's contagious around here. It's yeah, great. he was a good interview. Looking forward to having him back. Good yeah. start to the year and been a big piece to this offense. So, uh, yeah, it was great chatting with him. Okay, well, we uh, we teased a little bit that we've got the uh, Toronto Rock Total Access mailbag open. And, uh, of course, if you want to uh, send in your questions at any time, email it to us just the way uh, TJ did. Send it to uh, send it to my email, and you can find that on the Toronto Rock website uh, if you want to do that. But uh, we'll jump right into things. So uh, we'll just read TJ's email, and then we'll get into it, okay? Let's see if we okay. can come up with some good answers okay. for him. Okay, yeah, I know. I way to go, TJ. I love way it. Way to go, <laughs> Okay, so uh, firstly, thank you, Mike and Colin, for hosting another season of Toronto Rock Total Access. You're welcome. He says, I don't get too many games anymore, and I don't have the Bleacher Report live subscription well, that, yet, he says. Maybe he can figure out how to open mine. So this, oh, come on. So this, yeah, we never sorted that out, did we? Anyway, so. Stay focused. This podcast is how I'm able to follow the team and get a professional opinion of game matters while being entertained. Well, thank you. I, this the is a professional, glowing email. The here. professional party must be referring to you. Oh, my. All right. Colin made the call for more questions a while ago, so I figured I'd throw a few more, a few more at you. That's not a professional. Anyways, question one. Uh, is it okay for a fan to trash talk a player on the floor or bench? I assume not, but figure visiting players expect it. TJ, you assume wrong. I say have at it. Yeah. Absolutely. You bought a ticket to the game, you say as you please. If if you pay close enough attention, you s- watch my section, I do quite a bit of it myself now that I'm in this <laughs> position. As far as I'm concerned, referees are fair game too. I learned that yeah. from the fans around I think around though me. sometimes in the vi- – like when you go into an arena as a visitor, doesn't that kind of give you a little Abs- extra – Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be boring if it weren't the case. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go go back to those Philly days where I had a full can of uh, Coca-Cola chucked at my head. So, you know, maybe that's crossing line of hair. Probably would have killed me. I think it come from quite a ways up. But You're sure it was Coca-Cola, though? I, it was a pop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had it been a beer, I'd have grabbed it. Good product placement there. No, yeah, I'm not a Coca-Cola guy, so I wouldn't have done that on purpose. Right. But, yeah, I, I didn't even think people drank Coca-Cola anymore. Anyway, <laughs> I remember going to Philly. That's where they had it the worst. That's where you got it the worst. They knew everything about you. They knew about personal stuff. It was great. Uh, they used to have a heyday with Pat Goyle. He had a lot going on, and it was public at that point, and they used to have a heyday with him. Actually, speaking of Zach Manns, Victoria, as a player for Coquitlam, Victoria fans knew everything about you, and they'd go at you too. I think there's obviously lines to cross, but I think it's all part of the fun. I love it. <clears throat> this next one's actually a good question. I think it's. I'll be interested to hear what you throw out. i got a couple. That's saying that throw, the first but... one wasn't. No, it's this <laughs> just making a point. Come on, Doyle. All right. I've been watching Letterkenny recently and really like their hockey speak. Is there any good lacrosse only jargon that we should know? This isn't my speed, TJ. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't But is there anything that you think like I, just... I wouldn't know. I've been removed from you know, this we should have asked this question when Zach was here because he would probably be yeah, nailed it. So I tell you yeah. what, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shelf this unless you have good answers, and what we're gonna do is bring it up with our next guest. Whoever that guest is next week, this is a question for them because yeah. I wouldn't know. I'm too I far removed. I feel like removed. one term that I used to hear all the time when you'd be talking about another team and that the player was no good, you also you used to always hear the term, and you don't hear it as much, and I always thought this would be a good brand, was rhubarb. You always heard that that guy's rhubarb. They're the, whatever, rhubarb, rhubarb, I feel like was always. And rhubarb is a bad pie. <laughs> it's a bad pie. There's no doubt about it. So and then there's another one that I love that uh, comes out once in a while. And it, I I just remember for a while when Josh Sanderson was around here all the time, he used to throw this one out all the time. And I feel like it was that, that Orangeville-Sanderson crew that like Matty Sawyer used to use it quite a bit. It it felt like it rose to prominence for a little bit in the regular lingo, and then it kind of fell out. But when somebody looked like they were sour or upset about something, he said, oh, it looked like you just ate a lemon sandwich. Yeah, I Okay. That was he's that like, was oh, a good he's one, eating yeah. lemon sandwiches. But that, that was one that I always thought came up quite a bit. But, you know. Well, a lot more came out of Shooter's Mouth that I'd love to talk about. <laughs> but I guess that's not really like lacrosse it's, jargon, I don't think it's so lacrosse. To speak. I think, it's just I think like he's talking about the, 
players using lacrosse slang to yeah. put down other players. Kurt Malowski used to have an encyclopedia on this thing. He may still have. I don't know. Uh, but honestly, I think we're going to shelf this yeah, one because I don't okay. think neither one of us can answer it appropriately because we're not down yeah. there, yeah. you know, on the floor, so to speak. So that's – Let's ask this to our next yeah, guest okay. and see if we can come up with a couple of good uh, terms for you, uh, TJ. We'll, we'll get you covered here. I just think you're asking the wrong the wrong people. Okay, fair enough. All right, <clears throat> question number three. There's still another one to go uh, after this one. You sometimes talk about uh, finding the right player to fill an available position on the floor. Lefty, right or sh- lefty righty, shooter, size, speed, experience, etc. When shopping for a goalie, are there any such considerations? One consideration, stop the ball. I think, my opinion anyway, you build around what your goalie does best. Yeah. So, I, you know, they're not all built the same way. They don't all, like, uh, a perfect example was the two styles of goaltending this past weekend. You had Wendy in one net. The athletic moved a ton. And then Nick, who's more of an angles guy, stays put. Yeah. Uh, certainly athletic in his own right, as shown late in that game with that quick stick save. But I think once you have a goalie that you believe in, you build your defense to accommodate what they do, yeah. uh, what they do best. So I think it works in the other way. So I wouldn't say... You're looking for one style of goaltender or another. You take the best available, and then you make your defense work with it. And that's something Terry Sanderson used to always say. You got one something job. That's right, my friend. <laughs> and he stopped the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what Terry Sanderson didn't love? Uh, <laughs> goalies telling him how the defense should play. That is one rule. <laughs> and you never, as a goalie, blamed your defense or anybody else. That was, those were no, two golden rules that, with him. If, if you wanted your way out, that was it. If the palms ever went up. There's a lacrosse term for you, TJ. If you're a goalie, don't put your palms up after a goal. <laughs> yeah. And if you do get a BR subscription, watch the goalies that do. After yeah. a goal, put their palms up like, wow, this isn't my fault. What happened here? Yeah. And then watch the ones that don't. And I can tell you right now, he had a short temper for those that did. <laughs> very true. Even if you only did it once. <laughs> yes, once. Anyways, we'll move on for that one. Number four, Colin. Uh, you said during your first show that you'd never listened to a podcast before. That, that was so true. So TJ's a long-time listener. That's right. <clears throat> um, what shows keep running through your speakers nowadays? Same question for you, Mike. Well, thanks for including me, TJ. But, Colin, you go ahead. Well, I'll start. I haven't been listening to many podcasts. I felt like every crime podcast known to man I listened to within like six weeks because <laughs> of all the driving I do. And I saw some, or listened yeah. to some incredible ones. Uh, S Town, and we talked about it before, but right now I'm uh, on my speakers in the car. It's actually the Howard Stern show. I was never a big fan of the Stern show. I felt like it was kind of, you know, not my humor, but then slowly and surely my buddies kind of got me onto it. So now I'm listening to Stern almost all the time. If I don't catch the live show, I'll listen to the replay. Uh, a lot of good stuff on there. I love his interviews. He interviews some pretty important people that are good at what they do, and he does a good job asking the right questions. But uh, some of the humor on it with some of his staff is really starting to appeal to me. So that's what I've been listening to. Um, I would take some suggestions for some new podcasts. I just haven't been around to a new one in a while because I've been glued to the Stern Show. For me, uh, <clears throat> still a big Spit and Chicklets fan. Still uh, listen to that every week. Um, the Athletic actually has started to put together some podcasts. So one I listen to uh, is called Penultimate because of the Penguins and their local beat writers, Rob Rossi, and that. It's kind of good to get a little insight from the uh, the guys who cover the team closest because I'm a Penguins fan. Um, He's a Penguins fan. Jay if you ben- didn't catch the first two times there, he is a Pittsburgh Penguins, Penguins fan, fan. Mike Hancock. Pretty excited that Sid's coming back uh, on Tuesday night as we uh, record this. Uh, also, uh, what else? Jane Dan podcast. I like that. I know you don't love Jane Dan, but I, I think I can't say either way. Funny. Yeah. Um, but my other one that I just love that I look forward to the most, and I brought this up before too, but the Pete and Sebastian show with uh, Pete Corrialli and Sebastian Maniscalco, a couple of comedians that just kind of break down just their day to day, you know, life. And Sebastian uh, is hilarious. I love his stand up and. Uh, you know he's he's on quite a ride now. Was in The Irishman, and uh, before that was in Green Book. So he's been in a couple pretty big movies and some smaller roles. And uh, so just listening to his kind of rise to much bigger Hollywood stardom, selling out Madison Square Garden, um, and all these big arenas now with his comedy tour. And uh, Pete Corrielli is a pretty funny guy too. Not quite uh, on the same level, I guess, in terms of stardom, but has been a writer on. Uh, what was that show? Kevin Can Wait or something mm-hmm. like that. That show. He was a writer on there. So they're they're just 
they're just funny and <clears throat> a lot of times i think they just remind you of just your average you and your buddies sitting around talking about you know hey i went into here and you know this guy drove me nuts or you didn't make my sandwich right or whatever it's like aren't you embarrassed all that stuff so it's uh so those are mine kind of that are uh that's good on the regular made a new year's resolution i'm going to read more got to try to read more books I got to try to read more books. So I got, I just finished uh, the night, last night of the Viper Room, I think it was, about River Phoenix. It was a great read. And I finished uh, another kind of, uh, I think it was written by Kurt Cobain's manager. Anyway, another story of Kurt Cobain. It was good. So I'm two in. Yeah. I started early. I started, I would never have read two books this quickly, but I'm two in. Next, what next up is the Beastie Boys. It's a long one. So I'll keep everybody posted there. Yeah. That'll be good. Got to try to read more this year. I've never been a big book guy. Always articles <laughs> yeah and now it's so easy you can listen to any, anything yeah but i gotta i've got to make a more conscious effort so i'm gonna i'm, I'm trying that so i'll keep everybody posted Do you subscribe to the athletic by the way no lots of good reads i hear that i hear it's, I it's 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 great because it's all the writer like you know as the newspaper business has kind of sure evaporated disappeared or whatever and all these guys that were great writers and beat writers and all this stuff that covered teams and uh, more in-depth feature content and stuff too they've all kind of you know, congregated with the athletic, they're all working there, and that's kind of where everybody's landed. And uh, it just continues to grow, and it's it's kind of to me become the the go to for uh, the new Sports Illustrated, I guess. Eh? Yeah, I think just the the hockey content there being a hockey fan, it would be great if somehow eventually they could build some kind of lacrosse stable of writers there with the athletic and uh, get some different kind of coverage that's kind of removed, I think, from the game. A little bit, if you know what I mean. So, um, but I'm thinking that's probably a little bit down the road. I would imagine you're correct. Yeah. A few other roadblocks in the way <laughs> they need to clear up in our great game of ours first. So, uh, quite, quite a, well, we'll get to it next week. But yeah, it was, uh, we got the bandits this week. So we'll touch on that. And then, you know, we'll call it a day. Uh, how can you not get excited for a bandits well, let's, week? Hold on. Let's thank TJ for his questions. Thank you, TJ, for your all. questions. And uh, he said that he was going to be at the January 11th game this past Saturday. And he's going to keep his eye out for his uh, throw for the throwback whipper jersey. I didn't have my whipper. The... I didn't want to draw any attention oh. to myself because I was so under the weather. <laughs> and even some of the people I did see I could barely talk to. I had the strep throat and everything else. So I just minded my own business. TJ, I hope you can make it down again. I promise you I'll have the whipper jersey on. And all you'll right. see me. You can't miss me. There you go. All right, thanks, TJ. And again, we encourage anybody to throw some questions at us. Uh, just fire me an email, and uh, we'll try and bring them up on the show. Yeah. All right, so thanks again. So as Colin mentioned, Buffalo Bandits, Toronto Rock, Saturday night in Buffalo. Uh, this really feels like, you know, how we've talked about the season's been a bit disjointed so far, the schedule, all the bye weeks, the holidays, yada, 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 early start to the season, on and on. Now it feels like we're into it. Yeah, uh, this will settle you in in a real hurry. Yeah, just getting down there and just even being in that rink and – and just knowing how, like we've already talked about, they're fans, the visiting fans. It gets you going. It gets you dialed into things. And I think the guys will be, I'm sure there'll be a great tempo at practice here tonight uh, at the track in Oakville. And just I think the guys are going to be just fired up. Let the horses out of the corral, paddock. Stable. Stable. <laughs> let them run. Let them loose. And uh, this is going to be a lot of fun on Saturday night. The Bandits, um you know? I was a little concerned because it seemed like the Bandits had one handed to them there two weeks ago. Yeah. And they, they'd run into some injury trouble, and obviously they were a shadow of themselves. They seemed to have gotten most of them back this week, uh, put one on um, the Swarm, and they seem to be back in good health and up and running again, which is best-case scenario because, you know, the last thing you want is to go in there and, and kind of – you know, hand one to them with half their roster there. So it seems whatever injury trouble they had, they seem to have navigated through and most of their players are back and they seem to have, I didn't see the game, but it seems they had a great game. And by all accounts, they should be pushing to win this division alongside the Rocks. So this has obviously got a lot at stake, but never hard to get up for a game in Buffalo for sure. Well, and you look, you talk about the Bandits. They got uh, even scoring, just having a quick look at the summary. Chris Cloutier, three goals, six points. Uh, Corey Small was one and three. Josh Burns scores three goals, has five points. Chase Fraser, his first game of the year, three goals, six points. Dane Smith, the goal and five assists. Um, you know, a balanced attack there. Lots of guys that could do damage. And, of course, Matt Vince between the pipes, which is kind of the uh, great equalizer I think always if your team's not playing uh, quite so well when you can turn back and have Matt Vince between the pipes. Yeah, and then he had that one atrocious game earlier this year too where he just got – I think he got yanked and he was he was horrible. And uh, that might have been the last time I saw the Bandits play. So 
you can usually count on him to be the brick wall back there. And until we see any uh, otherwise, you can suspect that, you know, there's a perfect example of a defense built to suit their goaltender and they ask him to stop what he can see. And he does. So, um, their offense is built like ours. I don't think they have quite the stardom that ours might, but you know, some would say they do. If you consider Byrne a legitimate star in this league, and you consider obviously Dane is a, a star in this league, so to me, the the offenses are very similar. They do it by committee when they're both going well. Everybody's scoring, and that's what makes them so hard to stop. But they got their centerpieces that need to be going to start the the motor, so to speak. And then defensively, I got to think we got a bit more depth than they do. To be honest with you, on paper, but. Uh, maybe I'll uh, speak about that more when we watch the Bandits play this week and see how they are built. But uh, both teams, uh, obviously, the Bandits will be ready to play. They'll be well coached. And whatever holes they might have, they'll have kind of negated by coaching schemes. So I suspect this is a real even game. Yeah, It'll be one we can get, but it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a burn burner. And it's just one of those games that, I, I don't know, just as a fan of it all. Are you, you know, going down? It, yes, I am. You know, just as a fan of it all, it's you just can't wait to get down there. That's right. And get that game started and, and just uh, just play. Zach you know? will see what the NLL is all about this weekend in Banditland because, um, you know, we had a good night there, decent crowd this past week. The place was buzzing, it was hopping, but it's probably why he was so enthused yeah. when he scored. He fed off the fans a little bit. Now he's, he's really, you know. Hey, I think that was number three on the tools for success this week. <laughs> Feed off the Rock City energy. We nailed it. I nailed it. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I lost my train of thought because <laughs> That's I, I, about I the, crowds, saying, the crowds. I think he's been crowds. to San Diego. Yeah. Meh. Been to Rochester. <laughs> meh. You're going in a band land. Yeah. The Rock are there. There should be 14 strong, and the energy in the building should be amazing. So it would be interesting to hear his take once he gets a taste of this. So very excited. Always get excited for these games. So can't wait. Um, here's to hope, and we'll have a lot to talk about one way or the other next week. So we'll see if the Rock's for real or – See if they still got work to do. So, uh, fingers crossed, Adam's healthy, uh, and they get him back. If not, you make do without him one more week, and then you get that week off, and hopefully he's back after that. So, um, help alleviate some of the the small injury update that we've got as well on our side. So, yeah. uh, and, you know, quietly Nick's put together a good stretch here. Hopefully he has another great one. Starting with that f- fantastic game that seems like forever ago down in San Diego. He's yeah. been He's been great. And, you know, we've asked for consistency from him in those big saves. He seems to have delivered. So let's, let's do that again down there. And he always plays well in Buffalo. All right. Yeah, I don't think there's too much more to say to uh, tee up that game on uh, Saturday night. Of course, available on Bleacher Report Live. Get your subscription. Colin, we will sort yours out before Saturday night. This I cannot figure this stuff out. Just I'll probably end up missing the game. So you'll all have to. Could you email me how the game went, somebody, please? Because I probably won't be able to see it. Because whenever I plug in my code, it doesn't work. I hate the internet. We'll figure it out before the weekend. Sounds good, Mike. Thank you for your patience with me. (laughs) Thank you for your patience, Colin. (laughs) I have zero patience. You know that. Uh, So, and then just to skip ahead quickly, just the the quick ticket plug here. Uh, We will have a bye week after this week against uh, Buffalo. And then we'll be back for another huge North Division showdown with the Halifax Thunderbirds. We're out of the gate real hot here. Um That'll be on Friday night, January 31st. Lower Bowl cooking already. So if you want to seat in that Lower Bowl, I would recommend you getting your tickets sooner than later. Um, it is already, I would say, about 70% sold out in the Lower Bowl. So uh, trending towards a really good crowd as well already with a few weeks to go here. So uh, make sure you get your tickets real soon, torontorock.com. All the info's there. Give our ticket office a call anytime as well, 416-596-3075. And any one of our uh, ticket reps will be uh, happy to take care of you and maybe lock you into a few extra games this year as well, not just the 31st. How many times did you watch Christmas Vacation over the holiday? I only watched it once. I would think it was over six. Come on. I'm not kidding. Because my <laughs> like girls, start to finish my girls finally watch it start to finish. Yeah. So anytime we had a two-hour break, that's what they wanted to do was, was watch it. So anyway, I was, wow. I'm was. i curious. What is the normal family? How many times do we see that movie? I got to think it's more than one. Yeah. Anyway, I email us. Let us know. Christmas Eve, I think that was the only. Such a good movie. It is. I, all Honestly, all the vacation movies are great. They are, but that one stands alone yeah. at the I, top. I really love Vegas Vacation. Well, it has some great it's scenes good. in it. And it the is. original one. Yeah, the original one was on the other day, too. It was on TV and European Vacation. Usually when they play one, they play the yeah. whole stretch. Yeah. I feel like European Vacation, I Cousin like Eddie fourth. in Vegas 
was at the top of his game. I would agree with you there, but yes. he's pretty good on the Christmas vacation too. Oh man, so many scenes with yeah. Anyways, Clark, I haven't taken a beating like that since they <laughs> put a banana down my pants, cut a monkey loose. <laughs> and he's he's there in the he's got the uh, swim shorts and the the snorkel on. Oh, it's one of the best. Anyway, I digress. Thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week. Hopefully, the Rocker Four on One. All right, so that will about wrap things up. Uh, in the meantime, and in between time for Colin Doyle and Mike. Hancock saying thanks for listening and we will chat next week.